Well, like uh, Dan said already, thank you for joining us tonight. It was great to have everybody uh, that came for pizza and then just hanging out and being able to uh, be together this evening. You know, when we think about this, church is kind of, or sorry, Friday is kind of a weird time to have church. It's not our normal time to have church. Normally that's on Sunday, right? But uh, when we pause on Good Friday, we pause to think about the sacrifice that Jesus made and to think about the cross and to think about what that meant for us and what Jesus did for us. And so we pause tonight to gather together to reflect on what that means and to hopefully challenge uh, ourselves a little bit and remind us what is important about our faith and why we look forward then uh, to Sunday. Tonight is going to be a little bit different uh, than normal than Sundays, right? I'm already up here. Usually there's a little more singing before I'm here. But we're going gonna, gonna, we're gonna to talk a little bit, and we're going to start actually on Thursday. So we're going to start with um, the Last Supper and kind of move forward a little bit in the evening. But there's going to be some time to respond in some different ways. Tonight we're going to take communion together. Um, and so tonight's going to be a, a little bit different. I'll give you more instructions on that um, in just a little bit. But here's where I want to start. We're going to have the verses up on the screen for you. If you'd like to follow along in your own Bible or on your phone, you're welcome to. We don't have a follow along for tonight, um, but we're not going to jump around too much. We're going to start in Luke 22. So sticking with kind of our, our Luke theme for the year. But Luke 22, we're going to start in verse 7. <clears throat> and seven, verses 7 and 8 says this. Now the festival of unleavened bread arrived and when the Passover lamb, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, go and prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. Uh, Verses 9 through 11 says, where do you want us to prepare it? They asked him. He replied, as soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you and follow him. At At the house he enters and say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? Verses 12 and 13, he will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. So they went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. Verses 14 and 15, when the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table, and Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. So this is just a little before the Last Supper. So Jesus gives the disciples some instruction, and it's kind of a weird story, right? You kind of get some characters you wish you got a little more development on. I mean, they've got this guy that's just walking around with jugs of water. Okay, you'll find that guy. Well, we don't know anything about him. And then you follow him and then go into the house where he goes. Okay, well, I've never been in that house, but I'll follow the guy with the water and go in, and they'll show me the upper room, right? We just They follow, and they find everything as Jesus says, and this takes them to the upper room where they can then prepare the meal. And the interesting thing is, it says in verses 14 and 15 that Jesus was eager to spend this time with them, eager to have this dinner. And what that means is all the disciples are going to be there. That that makes sense. We want to sit down. Maybe you're planning to sit. We sat down downstairs together. Maybe you're planning on Easter to sit down together. We sit down together with friends and family, but we know also that Judas would be invited to this table. And so he's looking forward to this time, but even knowing that there would be someone coming who would betray him. And you think through that and you go, okay, yeah, I do normally sit down with my friends and family. I don't normally sit down with people who are going to betray me. In fact, if they did betray me, they would not be invited to this. And even though Judas was actively involved in the betrayal, 
Jesus still is looking forward to having this meal with him. And so I want to start with this idea, because I think it's encouraging to all of us, and as we think about even this Judas piece, that this is true, that everyone is invited to the table with Jesus. And if we go through his life, right, we see different times where he stops and has dinner with tax collectors. He stops and has dinner with prostitutes. He stops and has dinner with sinners. And he invites them all to the table. And everyone is invited to the table to sit with Jesus, even Judas here when he gets ready for the Last Supper. And so when we think about that, we go, yeah, we, we get the sin that we do. And yet Jesus still invites everyone to the table. And so we, we'll see a little bit later how this plays out. But we know the story. They sit down. They have the meal. And then Judas goes on with his business, and they head to the cross, and the the story goes on. But I actually want to pause for a minute and look at another invitation to the table. Maybe this one you're not as familiar with. It comes from 2 Samuel chapter 9. I'll give you a little bit of a background, okay? David, King David, is now reigning, and he has, if you know the backstory, he had a best friend named Jonathan. Jonathan passed away, and so Jonathan was the next heir to the throne, but David was going to take that throne. And, and before Jonathan dies, David looks at Jonathan and says, I will show favor to your family moving forward. And so we pick up the story there. So in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3, it says this, The king then asked him, Is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to them. Ziba replied, Yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive. He is crippled in both feet. Verse 4, Where is he? The king, the king asked. And lo, Debar, Ziba told him, at the home of Machir, son of Amiel. So in verses 5 and 6, it says, So David sent for him and brought him from Machir's home. His name was Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. And when he came to David, he bowed down to the ground in deep respect. And David said, Greetings, Mephibosheth. Verses 6 and 7, Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant, But do not be afraid, David said. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. You see, Mephibosheth was scared because normally this is not how it went when one family transferred power to another family. In fact, what would normally happen is David would seek out the last descendants of David and Saul and kill them so that they could not rise up and try and take the throne back. So they, when Mephibosheth gets this call, I mean, he might have been hiding, making sure David didn't find him. He gets this call to come see David. He might have been thinking, this is it. Like, this is where David takes care of me so that I'm not a problem moving forward. And in, instead, David looks at him and says, no, I'm going to give you what belongs to you, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. Verse 8 says this, Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, who is your servant that you should, know, you should show such kindness to a dead dog like me? Verse 9, it says, then the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. Verse 10, and you and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him to produce food for your master's household. But Mephibosheth, your, your master's grandson, will eat here at my table. Verse 11, Ziba replied, Yes, my lord the king, I am your servant, and I will do all that you have commanded. And from that time on, Mephibosheth ate regularly at David's table like one of the king's own sons. So here's, here's where we are, right? We look at these stories and we think about us too. First of all, I would say that a traitor was invited to the table. Right? Judas was invited. 
a broken man was invited to the table. And I'm not saying that just because his feet were lame. I'm saying, think about his response. Why would you want me, a dead dog? Not even a live dog, a dead dog, right? No good at all. Why would you want me? He was broken inside, too, that he would think this. And at the same time, you and I are invited to the table. One king, Jesus, invites his disciples, and Judas, another king, David, invites Mephibosheth. Here's what I think is true. Anyone can come to the table. All of us are invited. It's how you leave the table that matters. And here's, here's what I mean by that. Judas came to the table with Jesus, and he left and continued on his own way, doing exactly what he was going to do. He didn't change at all. Nothing mattered. He just continued to go after his money. He continued to go after the traitor, being a traitor like he was going to do. But the difference is Mephibosheth, he comes to the table and sits with the king and everything changes. In fact, he comes back to the table again, over and over and over again to spend time with the king. Their demeanor was completely different. They were both invited to a table, and yet their response was completely different. And so here's, here's the question for us. Will, will you, will I, leave the table like, Jude, like Judas or like Mephibosheth? Will we come to the table with Jesus and say the fact that we're sitting with a king or we're interacting with a king, we recognize what Jesus did for us as we think about this night and what the cross meant, will we leave here and will we say, being with the king is going to change who I am? Or are we going to say that just another Friday, just another day to think about Jesus, but then to go back and to go on and to do our own thing? We are more like Mephibosheth than we may think, right? We, we are sinners. We need Jesus. That's why we're here. And the question is, will we allow Jesus to change our story? Like Mephibosheth allowed David to change his story. And so I, I want to just challenge us with that a little bit tonight, that we wouldn't just come to tonight and eat really good pizza and then hang out for a little while and sing some songs and, and walk away and go, that was good, but I didn't process that the way that I should have, or I didn't think about the fact that I've been invited to the table of a king and I, I'm walking away from that. Like, if we were invited to a table with a king, we would tell everyone about that. We would talk about what we saw, what we ate, where we were, what we did, all that stuff, right? We would be excited about that. It would change us. And yet sometimes we don't allow that to happen with Jesus. And so here's, here's what I want us to do tonight. Like I said, you're going to have a little bit of a chance to respond in some different ways. I'm going to give some instructions. And, and part, of, part of what we want to do tonight is just kind of sit at the table for a while. And so the next portion of our worship experience is going to be, there's going to be some things you can do, but one of the options is literally just to sit and to pray or to sit and to reflect or to sit and to sing because the band's going to come back in a little bit and, and play for us too. Um, but here's, here's a couple things. You'll notice I said we we're going to do communion. You'll notice there are, there's bread and juice up here, and there's bread and juice over there. So the next little part of the service is going to be, there's going to be a video, and then there's going to be two songs after that. At some point during, if you want to take communion tonight, at some point during that video and two songs, please come grab what you need for communion, and then I'll come back up in a little bit, and we'll take communion together. Okay, so that's part of it. So you can pray, you can sing, you can sit, you can stand, it doesn't matter. But if you want to take communion, please come grab those things uh, before we're done. Here's the other thing that's an option. This is completely optional. No pressure to do this at all. One of the things that is unique 
to our fellowship, if you're new to us or new to uh, our fellowship at all, we actually incorporate foot washing into our communion experience sometimes. And the reason for that is because if we go on through the Last Supper and the conversation that happens there and what Jesus does, when they get there, right, after they've got the upper room, it's prepared. When they get there, Jesus sits and he washes the disciples' feet. And so our fellowship sees that as an integral part of actually what happens at communion. It was that act of service, and then it was the meal that followed as well, and the breaking of bread and and everything that happened. And so here's what we have. Again, this is completely optional. You do not have to do this. No one's going to say anything if you don't. But over on the very far ends of the room are tables, and there are, sorry, there are chairs, not tables. There are chairs, and there are baby wipes, and there are towels. We don't, we're not going to worry about water, so we don't spill anything anywhere. But it's a very simple process. It's just you sit down, we've got baby wipes, and if you have a family member or a close friend that you'd like to do that with, you can do that. Um, and you can just use the baby wipes and then use the towel. It's, it's just symbolic. It's the symbol of, of being a servant. Um, and so after you do that, there are already some towels that are on the chairs. But if there's not a towel on your chair when you get there, there's, an, there's some other ch- uh, towels on the chairs that are kind of in that area. And then there's a box. So once you're done with your towel, take your towel with you and throw it in the box that says towel return right there. Um, so like I said, there's going to be, just to recap, there's a video. There's going to be two songs. During that time, if you'd like to take communion, please come grab the communion elements up here. I will come back in a little bit, and we'll take communion together. And then if you'd like to partake in foot washing with a family member or close friend, you can do that. And that's on the very outside of the room. Um, And then the towels and baby wipes are are already there, okay? So let me pray, and then we'll play the video, and the band will come up in a little bit, all right? Jesus, we thank you for what tonight uh, represents And we thank you for the gift uh, that your life was on the cross. And we thank you that uh, even though that day didn't seem like a very good day, for us it's a good day. And God, we ask as we think about these stories of of the Last Supper and you, you inviting even Judas to the table or Dave inviting Mephibosheth, that we can come to the table tonight with you just to remember and I pray that that would be a, an opportunity that even as we think forward to Sunday, we, we think about the other passages we'll read later tonight. We ask that we would not leave without something changing, without the recognition of what it means to be welcomed to the table by a king, that we wouldn't take that for granted and we wouldn't take your sacrifice for granted. I pray that wherever we are, that we would just be able to remember. Just remember your sacrifice for us and what that meant all those years ago. I pray that you be with us now as we reflect, whatever that means, whether we sit and sing, we do the foot washing, we take communion. We just ask that you would spend time with us as we get to spend time with you. In Jesus' name, amen.